Hello, listeners. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and whatever you're up to. And welcome to another US edition of Cloud Nine Fin, your weekly update on all things leveraged and financeable. I'm Will Cager Smith, and this week I'm welcoming a guest with a very similar first name, Ninefin's very own William Hoffman, who covers leveraged finance with a focus on high yield bonds. So, welcome, William, and thanks for finding time to join the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Glad to uh, join the Club of Williams. <laughs> yeah, our little club's official podcasting debut. And it's actually a, pr- a pretty interesting one. Uh, this week, we're talking about Maxar Technologies, which is in the market with a refinancing deal. And there's lots to dig into here. So by way of introduction, Maxar is a satellite imaging company. And I'm sure plenty of leveraged finance people are already somewhat familiar with Maxar as a credit. But recently, they've become a bit more of a household name because of the war in Ukraine, right? Yeah, Maxar has a longstanding relationship with the U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, so they were really naturally tapped when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, you know, U.S. began surveilling more of the land for troop movements, just general intelligence and uh, reporting that back down to, to Ukrainian troops on the ground. Um, and Maxar was a big part of that uh, increased intelligence. Uh, so to the average you know, consumer, maybe that's just... Uh, a uh, little Maxar watermark in the top right of uh, images that you maybe see on CNN or other news out- outlets around. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's really a marketing thing for Maxar. Uh, it increases their, their visibility to the public a little bit. Uh, it got their stock price up a little bit during that time. Uh, and, you know, they have other non-military applications that uh, this could apply to. Maybe people see that and, and it boosts revenue there. So they, they survey sites for construction. They, you know, track crowd sizes. They do uh, research for various things, including environmental impacts. So, you know, maybe some, some more visibility there uh, uh, brings revenues to, to those businesses as well. Uh, but certainly, you know, military applications is sort of the, the bread and butter. Yeah, it definitely feels like every time I see an aerial image of what's going on in Ukraine, Maxar is generally credited as, as the source. And you mentioned crowd size there. I mean, I've, I've seen Maxar images of the January 6th riot at the US Capitol um, of apparent labor camps in China housing Uyghur Muslims, as well as of the, uh, the old ever given tanker that got stuck in the Suez Canal last year. Um, they're kind of all over the place, really. Um, so... Obviously, this is generating some more name recognition for Maxar, but I'm sure what all the investors out there want to know is whether it really helps the company make significantly more money. So is it leading to a meaningful increase in revenue? Sort of a mixed picture there. So Maxar was already growing revenue at a pretty strong clip uh, before the conflict broke out. Uh, in 2020, sales were up 3.4%. And last year, they saw a 2.7% increase. Uh, this year is on pace to be a little bit lower than that. It's at around 0.6% increase, but still, you know, $1.78 billion in revenue um, uh, is the projection, which would be their highest clip since uh, 2018. Uh, and, and, you know, the DOD is certainly using the tech more often, uh, and there's a chance that, you know, you could see an ups, upsize, uh, to the, a surprise to the upside there, um, given the, the marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... 
It seems like Magsar has definitely benefited financially from this, even though a lot of these images are distributed freely to the press, you know, the, the DID is, is paying for them, uh, you know, in the first instance. So maybe this is a good opportunity to back up a bit and talk about the company's recent history. I mean, it's a relatively young company, actually. It was only formed in its kind of current state as Maxar back in 2017, I think. Um, but let's talk about their history in the context of what they're trying to achieve with this deal. So they're taking out some debt that they issued back in 2019. Now, I actually remember covering that deal at the time. And back then, Maxar was actually in a kind of a, a pretty tough spot. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, a string of events at the time really uh, kind of hampered the business. So they had component defects that led to delays in satellites that they were building at the time. Uh, one of its existing satellites had a mission-ending hardware failure, and the stock really started to bottom out as, you know, uh, earnings took a hit with all that, um, you know, falling to around $4 per share at the time. Um, kind of in the middle of all that, the CEO resigned. Uh, new CEO Daniel uh, uh, Jablonski uh, took, o took over things, and it's, uh, you know, been moderately on the upswing since then. Um, you know, its stock tr uh, briefly traded at just above uh, or just under $40 per share kind of earlier this year. It's kind of come back down from those highs uh, around $30 or so, but uh, still much higher than the lows that they had in 2019. Um, and, you know, the company is embarking on a plan to launch uh, six new satellites into orbit uh, within the coming year. Right. Yeah. So clearly a, a decent amount of improvement since the last time uh last time i covered them certainly um but at the same time it seems like there's actually still a decent amount of risk in this credit right i mean generally launching anything into space is a pretty risky endeavor with a lot of downside and it also requires a lot of capex so if a launch goes badly or is delayed you're kind of throwing a lot of cash down the drain yeah, rocket launches uh, going wrong can be quite devastating to for for many reasons. Um, you know, Maxar's new satellite network is called Legion. Uh, it consists of six satellites that plan to be launched in pairs over the next year uh, via SpaceX. So, you know, no matter kind of where you turn in the capital markets these days, you can't really avoid Elon Musk. Uh, but you know, Maxar is. Uh, previously scheduled to launch the first pair of these satellites uh, late last year. Uh, that's already been pushed back several times. So, uh, you know, the the one launch was set for around uh, uh, second quarter of this year. Now it's been pushed back to September. So uh, we're about a year out from where the initial launch was supposed to be. And, uh, you know, uh, the good news there is that the delays aren't mechanical in nature. Uh, it has more to do with sort of the testing systems and you know, obviously the right to sort of err on the side of caution there and make sure everything is in order, uh, unless, you know, something goes wrong with these launches. But, uh, you know, still it can be kind of frustrating for investors who have been waiting for, you know, what's coming up on a year now for, for these new satellites, which will, uh, provide additional revenues for the company, um, you know, provide more high tech imagery, um, and, and really, you know, move the, the, the company forward in a lot of ways. Um, and sort of in the meantime, they're bringing cash to do all that. So CapEx spending has increased more than sevenfold from that down year in 2019 when the company was spending some $34 million on CapEx. Uh, last year, that figure was up to $234 million. 
Um, and it's set to grow even more this year. Right. Yeah. So a lot of spending and obviously a lot of internal downside risk associated with these projects. Uh, but at the same time, Maxar has to push ahead with these kind of projects in order to stay competitive. And I think the competition aspect here is also really interesting, right? For for a while, even though it wasn't as much of a household name as it, as it is now, Maxar was pretty dominant in the satellite imaging space. But these days, there's a lot more competition. Yeah, so Maxar, you know, effectively held a monopoly uh, in the space for several years. Uh, it was literally the only uh, satellite company that the DOD's uh, National Reconnaissance Office was contracting with um, uh, in, in these sorts of ways. So, um, you know, as of last month, that really changed. Uh, Maxar still got the biggest chunk of the NRO's, uh, you know, 10-year contract, which uh, it's the largest that they've ever doled out uh, from the office. Uh, but there are now two other players contracted with the NRO as well. So that's Black Sky. They were awarded a $35.9 million uh, contract for the first two years of the contract. And Planet Labs was also involved, although they didn't disclose the sum. Um, Black Sky in particular, uh, from, from analysts that we talked to, you know, has higher resolution satellites than Maxar. Uh, so there was some talk that maybe they would take a bigger chunk of this contract. Um, they have a uh, higher resolution and they can sort of revisit the same site more frequently. So they, they pass over the same site, uh, multiple times in a day. Uh, but overall, the, the contract Maxar one is still kind of demonstrates it's the top dog in the space. You know, Maxar can earn some 300 million annually from the contract, uh, through this first five years. And in the last five years, that deal could, uh, be up to some 340 million annually. Um, so, you know, management, even said that these uh, Legion satellite launches, if they go well and they're they're uh, operating with efficiency, you know the DoD could even upsize that contract within that first five years. It could be you know tens of millions more within the first five year window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, even though there are two other players now in that contract alongside Maxar, it's a bigger overall contract. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's the it's the largest ever that the NRO has has given out. Um, but yeah, in, in that context, I just want to talk about pricing here. I feel like in some ways, this deal is a good example of the kind of conundrum that CFOs and corporate treasury teams are facing at the moment. So Maxar's got some some good business momentum. It's had a bit of a turnaround since it came to market in 2019. And they probably wanted to consolidate that kind of credit improvement story before coming to market to refinance, but also there's some time pressure because their existing bonds come due next year. Their existing term loan matures in 2024. And they're also in an environment where spreads have widened significantly. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a bit of a, a tough environment. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020, but, you know, talk to any banker, they'll tell you, uh, you know, Max are probably, or anyone that was looking to refinance uh, probably should have done it last year. If, uh, if there was the opportunity to do so, um, you know, rates are higher. Uh, they're definitely paying a large concession over where their outstanding CGR Secure 23s uh, were trading prior to this trade. Uh, the note, the new note is talked at some 7.75% right now, uh, which is a good 175 basis points over where the outstanding 23s were trading prior to announcement. Uh, but you have to remember those, those 2023s have a 9.75% coupon. So they're also saving 200 basis points of interest expense in the long run. 
Uh, not to mention it sort of pushes out the maturity wall. Uh, so really all things considered, this is not a bad outcome for them. Um, if they waited any longer, rates are almost assured to be higher in a few months time. Right, for sure. I mean, there's been some up and downs recently, but the general trend in primary pricing is pretty one directional lately. Well, let's wrap it up there for this week. But William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. That's all we've got time for this week on Cloud9Fin. If you enjoyed this episode, please like the podcast or subscribe to it. Also, if you check out 9fin.com slash insights, you can check out some of our paywalled content for free, including William's original story on Maxar. And if you want to know more about what we do at 9fin, hit us up on social media or drop us an email on team at 9fin.com. Be sure to check in next week with my colleague Kat Hidalgo over in London for your update on all things Europe. As for me, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, take care.